Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. With How Will today. We have Will hey. here. Um, I feel and like. And Joy and Claire and Will. And Will and Joy and Claire and Will. I was thinking before we hit record today, I just went on a walk with JT and I was like, I just wanted to have some comfort food this week and like Will's our comfort food. <laughs> like, is that weird? <laughs> You're like our comfort food, Will, to have you with us today. For our listeners who are not familiar with Will Lanier, and I always want to say it the French way, but I won't. <sighs> we were with you. Would you say we were with you like this exact time last year for the Outwad events? Yeah. I mean, like was last like this week. Like, like last this, week, yeah, almost, almost to almost. the year where we were just like yeah. hanging out doing the Outwad event. So, you're the creator CEO, but you have some changes with Outwad and Outwad's name, and there's a lot of things that have gone on in the past year that we want to talk about. Among other things, there's a lot of like random <laughs> topics that we want to address. We'll try to be a little more organized. That's like one of the things that people gave us feedback about is like we're too tangential. Excuse me, have we met? But anyway. <laughs> Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, give us like the two second rundown of who you are for people who are not familiar with our favorite person in the whole world. Oh, my goodness. OK, that's something big to live up to, but I'll do my best. Mm-hmm. Um, the two second rundown. I am a uh, gay man, Aquarius, uh, living in Brooklyn now. And I started a queer CrossFit group 10 years ago uh, called Outwad and basically lived the fitness life or still living the fitness life for 10 years. You know, I, I was a CrossFit coach to start. Then I opened some CrossFit gyms and then I left the CrossFit space. But through the whole time I had Outwad, formerly Outwad, and started a nonprofit around all of the things that we were doing. And now we're like the biggest LGBTQ nonprofit in the fitness health and wellness space and yeah that's like the 30 second elevator pitch I think. so 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 <laughs> yeah and i want to like jump right in into the changes since everything happened with crossfit do you mind kind of i mean i've i saw a lot of accounts kind of jump into the stance of like we are stepping away from crossfit and i feel like you were one of the first do you want to just kind of talk about that and that change and that initial reaction that you had that you're like we're done with this yeah you know i i always like to approach anything emotional and I like to take a step back when I'm like, let me act emotionally. But let <laughs> That's me take the a step mature back. thing to do, but I don't, I'm yeah. not good at it. Yeah. This is something, you know, you learn later in life. Right. right? <laughs> I was not always like that. So when all of this stuff started happening with Greg Glassman saying X or allegedly saying X and then saying Y and all these, you know, not standing up for Black Lives Matter or refusing to say, you know, Black Lives Matter, I had to like, take a beat. I was like, all right, do I give them time? What are they waiting for? Maybe they're waiting to make a big statement. What right. are they doing? Sometimes, you know, you never know. They, they, they hold their cards really close. So it was about 1 a.m. on some random night. I can probably pull it up on our Instagram. I feel like I it was a, text, a Friday night. I got a text message saying, hey, did you see Greg's tweet? And I was like, no. And I got a screenshot. And at that very moment, I pulled out my phone. I screenshot my most favorite moment from the Waiting to Exhale movie where she's burning the car. And I posted that as our official statement from the foundation (laughs) and from Outlawed as like, we are done, burn it all down, start over. And, you know, the next day, (laughs) my employees were like, um, what, what is, what did you do? (laughs) 
Um, but excuse it was me. So well received. Right. They're like, excuse me. But it's very much in the vein of the things that I would do. Right. So they weren't very surprised. And not like I'm surprised by this, but just more like, what does this mean for me? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, do we still have jobs? So that was, you know, that's the stance we took. We're like, no, you cannot do these things. And we will burn your shit to the ground if you don't say something. And you know, we as an organization represent so many, like such a diverse community and such a, you know, underserved and, and at risk and, and marginalized people. We could not not say something. It was like against everything we ever stood for, because if one of us knocks down is knocked down, we're all knocked down. Mm-hmm. And we are like, cool, you're being knocked down and not being stood up for. We will stand up for you, even though it's not our mission. Right. Our, our mission is very LGBTQ. But it's all related. It's all related. Know? Yep. All related. So that's what we did. And so thing. since then, like, is there any appropriate tea we can talk about as far as you changed your name? What is your relationship mm-hmm. to CrossFit right now? Uh, so we changed the name to Out Athletics. And that was always kind of in the works. There was always in the back of my brain, I want to just like figure out what we are beyond CrossFit. And we had a program called um, Sweat for a Cause. And that was like our everything else, not CrossFit. But it was like very hard to delineate like, well, this is a sweat for a cause workout and this is an outlaw. And I was like, this sucks. So we always had in the back of our brain, like on the back of my brain, I can't speak for anybody else's brain, um, in the back of my brain, like, how can I change this? So it was always there. And then finally, i like pulled that trigger. But yeah, we changed the name to Out Athletics. It allows us, you know, so much more space and, and room to grow in, in the fitness space. Because as you all talk about on your show all the time, like you were really into CrossFit, but now it's like everything you do, you know, your Peloton tread, which I have bad news. I heard it. They're like dropping that. Did you hear that? <gasps> what do you mean? They're like getting like rid of the treadmill the workouts? Yeah. Oh, that makes me so sad. I like, heard what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because I wanted one because yeah. of you. Anyway. So not to go off on tangents. It's fine. If they give me a bike and like trade it and we call it tradesies, I'll be fine with that. Okay. 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 So yeah, you know, you have your, your Peloton stuff. You have, we were doing outdoor stuff. Like the coronavirus has really just allowed us to do so much more with what we want to do. And it's opened our eyes to so much stuff. So we did that. Um, And then, you know, Eric Rosa uh, bought CrossFit. I think that's completely done. It's done and dusted he has the receipt and you know he was like reach out if we if you want to talk like he just put that out on like the instagram so we did that we reached out and we're like we want to talk to you about what your plans are we had questions you all saw you posted you you, you know you commented on it. like we are getting to have this conversation what does our community want to hear yeah and everyone and asked really good questions like what you because so, so you would be like the spokesperson for your community of what you what they wanted you to ask yeah So we had a conversation with him last week. We're having another conversation with him. He was very open. We didn't get to ask all the questions because it was really just to like get to know us call. It was like half hour. So I was like, you know, explained what we did, how how we worked, who we were, how many people we have. And I asked him the questions. I was like, I'm going to read these off to you so that you can, for our next call, have them. I'm also going to email them to you so you can have a thoughtful, like a thoughtful reply. And, you know, it was met with, with, he even said this, he's like, well, I'm drinking from the water or the, the fire hose. And I'm like, yo, I know. And and he's like, you were the first organization that reached out. And you know, I'm, I'm glad we did because we are all about, you know, redeeming yourself. And but, you know, we did tell him he's like right now you are a liability for us in our community. We cannot associate with you as a corporation. We can definitely associate with different CrossFit gyms um, as we still do. But as a corporation, we can't. You know. Wait, why? 
just because they're just such a it's it's a toxic news cycle for CrossFit HQ. Cross- uh, Will said that to them. Yeah, I said that to them. Okay, I was very confused. I was like, wait, why can't they? Okay, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. And he got it. He was like, I understand. He's like, I'm hearing this a lot. Um, and he's like, it's my job to turn it around. So, you know, we're really hopeful, but you know, we're also um, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And so here's the thing that, yeah, and I think we've we've kind of had some text messages that we were kind of like, we're all very apprehensive about it. I think that's just, I think a lot of people feel that way. I think some people are just wanting it to stay the same so bad. They want mom and dad to stay married type of thing where they're just like, we just want, like, don't, nobody divorced to stay in the intact household. I feel like there's like that anxiety of that happening. It, is it just me or actually I know it's not just me, but there's something that doesn't sit well that's always been there is that at least for you, Will, and Outwad has always had to do the work in the relationship to keep the relationship going. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, and, no, then, yeah. and I'm not trying to like call him out, but part of me is like, it's so frustrating. And I know that's, it's not just, ex, you know, exclusive to CrossFit. I know that, that that happens everywhere, but it's so frustrating. that It's kind of like, why wouldn't they do the extra work of the relationship to keep that going because it's such an opportunity for them. Right. And I think it is now that they have, they now have, are being forced to, you need to schedule the group therapy. I'm no longer calling the therapist to schedule our couples counseling. Right. You have to do that. Exactly. <laughs> Make it very obvious. I mean, so and there's a, there's a part <laughs> of me that's kind of like, oh, you know, you don't, we don't need you. You need us kind of thing. And I, yeah. I just don't like that about CrossFit in general. It's always been the feeling of, and at least maybe it's just Claire and I too have just experienced that in the podcasting realm when we were really exclusive CrossFit is we were trying, 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 and it would benefit them so much to keep and maintain these really cool relationships. At least that's how I view it, but they don't. And I think that's what's so frustrating is we keep trying, but I hope it changes. I think that's just the hope. I hope it changes. And you know, if it does it, like, great. I had, I, I saw some friends uh, yesterday in the city that I hadn't seen in four or five years. And we all met through CrossFit, but we're all still great friends. And mm-hmm. we were like, you know, we're so grateful for this workout bringing us together. But they're like, CrossFit's canceled now. We're still friends. Like, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. We move okay, on. so there's two things that I want to like, two topics I extrapolate from that, the intro that are related of course because this is all connected but the first one is I want to talk about the last five months how the last five months have been for you in terms of being basically a small events business owner and a small business owner where your small business puts on events mm-hmm. and then the other thing I want to talk about is being a white guy who runs an organization that has where you know, that you, to your point, what you said earlier, you really stand for supporting everyone. And because I think you've done that, at least from my perspective, really well. And I think that you stepped into that position very easily and seamlessly with what you had built with athletics. And I think, you know, I would just like to hear more about how you think about positioning yourself in that way, because I think that a lot of white people right now are afraid to put themselves out there in support of marginalized communities for a variety of reasons. But I think one of the those reasons, and I think one reason that we hear about a lot is for fear of not doing it right. Mm. And, you know, 
knowing that you very much have created the script as you've walked through it for everything you've done in the last couple of years. So I think those are two things that a lot of people can relate to right now are, first of all, your entire world as a business owner was completely disrupted. And then second of all, how have you viewed using your privilege, but then also kind of like dancing with your privilege around supporting marginalized communities? Yeah. Wow. Love this. Just a light topic, a light light Monday. Right. Um, I can talk about the easiest one first is like, obviously, our events are our lifeblood, right? Our average donation is like $47. So we are very much the Liz Warren of fundraising. And I know, um, just let it pass. It's fine. We all just had to take a moment Um, and be like, oh, we just had a moment. Yeah. Moment of silence. Um, Okay, go. Silence. Yeah. So, you know, our events were very big. So I sat there um, in the end of February, uh, beginning of March. I was like, fuck, what are we going to do? Right. Like we bring in all of our funding from events and not just events, but 90 percent events. So I was like, we've got to pivot, pivot quick. So we did a bunch of digital stuff. We um, did our burpee-a-thon, you know, raised 10 grand in one, in 10 minutes with this burpee-a-thon where people were on screen doing burpees for 10 minutes and they had people pledged. And I was like, okay, oh, cool. That's, that's so cool. One month done. We got that that done. Well, it's the next month. And, you know, part of our mission is, is um, providing access to fitness to people. So I always like to keep our mission, you know, forward, understanding how we can maintain, uh, you know, achieving the mission, but still raise a little money. So then we had our, our hashtag work from home series, W-E-R-K, because why not? Um, exactly. So we had the work from home series, which we did for eight weeks. It was basically a workout every single day, highlighting LGBTQ instructors. They were free. You could donate if you wanted. So that was something that we were able to do. And then we just started reaching out to corporations and like, we, we were like, you're working from home. How can we support you in keeping your employees active? So we reached out to a lot of LGBTQ um, employee resource groups and really developed some really fun relationships with like Estee Lauder, MasterCard, uh, Reebok. We're working with Puma now, um, uh, Spartan Race. We're just like getting into all of these spaces that we weren't able to before because we're you know, we're, we're offering these really cool communities to people that just need them. And these businesses are like, cool, we don't have this for our people. And it's also good for charity. It's, it's great. Um, so that was just a big pivot. It's been hard. We're definitely not anywhere near last year's numbers. Um, so we've had to make some like budget cuts and and it's been fine. Um, we're hoping, you know, once we ever out of this, it's great. But to the other question, Claire, you know, it's hard. I, as a white dude, you know, it's, it's, you always toy with not saying the right thing, but I've always been under the, um, I always operate under the, the assumption that if I say, I can say anything and if it's wrong, correct me and I will then use my platform still and make it right. So, okay. So hold on, I want to just pause right there Yeah. because I think that that to you feels very simple and to a lot of people, right. it feels very heavy. So yeah. what does it feel like? for you to be corrected and then move forward. I'm just so open to it. Like I know I don't know the, all the answers and I'm I approach everything we do with like hey, I may not know it all. Please correct me if I'm wrong. And I'm just like tell me like if I'm wrong. I'm not asking for people to educate me because we I think y'all discussed it before. Like that's not their place. It's not anyone's place to educate me. I should educate myself. But even if I do educate myself, if I find the wrong, you know, if I Google the wrong thing and I say the wrong thing, if you give me feedback, I will respond to feedback and, you know, return that. I think it's like my acting background when we would always get notes at the end of a show. You receive a note from the director and what do you say? Thank you. And you write it down. And then the next time you do the show, it's fixed. 
right? So I just take that with... Yeah, and you're in a platform too with running a business, running a nonprofit for so long that you're probably getting feedback all the time. So you've had a lot of practice. Okay. So I think there's a lot of people out there who just are scared to even just go. So maybe just maybe start with like a small step of like talking to someone that's you're close to versus like getting feedback from strangers can feel really yeah. bizarre. But yeah, I think it's yeah. it's helpful to just be like, thank you. Just practice. Practice, practice, practice. Yeah. And if you have someone close to you that, that, that knows these things, like I always reached out or when, like during, before we were doing all these things, I would send my like Instagram captions to my friend Rebby. They're a person of color. They're non-binary. And I was like, does this, is this read correct to you? Like, would you get offended or would you see any way around like any of this? But I'm hashtag blessed to have them in my life. So I'm like. Right. You have somebody close to you who you feel like that energy exchange is mutual right. and you're not just asking, asking, asking for them Correct. to coach you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, here's what I'm posting. What do you think? Right. And they'd be yeah, like, it would be cool. like any of us just right. Cause they're your right. close friend. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think using your platform for good, but we also did a bunch of stuff around, like we did our rise up t-shirt. We did our, um, our infiltrate with love workout and we co fundraised. So we said, Hey, all the proceeds of this shirt will go to this organization that is completely separate from us. However, my caveat was it needs to be LGBTQ focused, even if it is also per people of color focused. So we did the um, National Black Justice Coalition, which is all LGBTQ, but for specifically the black community. We did a, a release fund for trans folks at Rikers Island. So it was very hyper-focused and it was a good overlap of our organization. So that was how we were able to do it. And I felt good about it. We were also, you know, we're helping the, the, the communities of color, but also still on mission with us, helping the LGBTQ community. So that's how we were able to do it. And that's, I think that was really important for like my staff and for us to be like, we still are helping the queer community, but we are now hyper-focused on the black, com the, the black community within our queer community. It's like all this shit you see, Black Lives Matter, and then people are like, all lives matter. And you're like, yes, we know all lives matter, but the black lives are the ones that need the help right now. Same with us. Yes, all queer people matter, but get all queer people matter. But now we got to focus on the queer black people because they're the ones under attack, and we're here to support that. So yeah, yeah, that's the, that's how I was able just to like make it all happen. Yeah, make it all <laughs> happen. being super super hyper open to feedback, finding people in your inner circle who you trust to like instantly or even preeminently gut check you, and then oh my gosh, that's a Selena mug. Drink out of a Selena mug. God, so it. good. Selena, not Celine, not Celine Dion. No, Selena. Selena. Will is drinking from a Selena mug. Well, I think that that's, I like, I, I don't know. I just wanted to ask you that question because I think that it is as we move through the summer and as we get farther and farther away from that initial big flurry of conversation, national conversation. And, you know, as our kind of the, the cliche of as our social media feeds go, quote unquote, back to normal. Right. As it becomes less and less, you know, I don't know, as it's easier and easier for us to just kind of like pivot away from that, I think that it's important to think about the ways that, you know, I think think about the ways that we're, why we're resisting the reasons that we feel resistance. And I think for a lot of people, it's, well, what if I do something wrong? Like, I'd rather just stay in my safe little bubble. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I don't want to make it worse. You know, whatever that story is that you tell yourself as to why you don't want to try something without knowing ahead of time, whether or not it's the right thing to try. And I think that for you, like this year, as we just heard, has been so full of just like having to try and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So roll um, everything against the wall. What sticks? Right. And, you know, 
I think that that is an attitude that we could all really benefit from of like, you know what, at the end of the day, what do we have to lose? And really take stock of like, truly, what do you have to lose? And is that thing worth keeping if it's that easy to lose? And, you know, let's have those conversations, which brings us to your new house in Brooklyn, where you're currently living with no pillowcases on your pillows. That's just one. (laughs) Other pillows have pillowcases. Reading me. (laughs) I'm stalking the background over there. I well, actually, I was like, Ooh, that looks like an Tempur-Pedic pillow. Those things are expensive. I like it that. It is one. <laughs> yeah, I just I bought one for Brandon for Father's Day. They well, are so not nice. Tempur- and now, it's like the Amazon version, right? Yeah, we we got like the Bed Bath and Beyond Tempur-Pedic <laughs> exactly. brand. So the next big pivot in your life is law school. Mm. So you just moved from Austin back to New York City. You're living in Brooklyn. Here You're going to law school. You're in college. When does school start? Are you doing it in person? Why are you going to law school? You've you've stepped down from, is it CEO of Out Athletics? Um, executive director. Executive, yes, executive director. Yeah. So now you have someone so, new in that place. So all these changes, talk to us. Tell us everything. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. So I moved to Brooklyn a week and a bit ago. Um, I'm going to Fordham Law School. And... School starts. We have orientation starting end of next week. And then the following week, school starts. We are in person twice a week for one class. So we'll go to school for 90 minutes, <laughs> two days a week. Um, and then the rest of everything is online, which is great. But yeah, I started the process of stepping down about three months ago. Not stepping down, stepping up and away. So my new role is called Chief Mission Officer. And what I'll be doing is just maintaining, making sure everything we do stays on mission and everything that we do uh, promotes what, you know, the legacy that I want the foundation to maintain. So I will still be working on like strategic partnerships with large brands. I'll still be the face of the Out Foundation and Out Athletics. I'll still do all the talks. I'll go to events. I'll do those type of things. But I just won't be like in the nitty gritty every day. Um, just because I won't have the bandwidth to do that. But yeah, law school is, is it's always kind of been on my radar since I was really little. Um, I never, I don't think I was ready ever for it until now. It was never, there was never a time in my life that I was like, I can go to law school now. And I think now's the time that, especially with the pandemic, I was like, now's a better time than any to go to school. If you're going to take out loans, you take them out now when they're low rate. Your job is not secure, right? We don't have, we don't know job security um, as, as we are. And now's the best time to go to school. So I was like, this is it. This is the, the moment. And in three years when law school's over and hopefully the world is back to some semblance of normal, then we'll move on and up and, and do great, more great and things. And then take a bar and it'll be still so great. <laughs> it'll be great. <laughs> so no what, what was like the, the um, thesis statement of your admissions essay? Like, what are you hoping to get out of law school? <laughs> well... Because and I ask this question because I feel like there's this sort of like you know the joke about millennials not knowing what to do and being like I think I'll go to law school, and (laughs) you know (laughs) I think like you were saying for you it's been something that's always been on your radar ever since you were a kid and I you know and then I think about like I went to grad school at a law school and Mm. so my admissions essay was like the same prompt and I just remember writing it and being like I wonder how much of this is gonna like hold right I don't think any of mine's gonna hold but I can tell you what I put. Um. <laughs> and if anyone out there is is trying to write an admissions essay, this one worked. So. This one works. Um, <laughs> so you know, my it will hold water. I will do all of these things. But I talked about you know growing up gay in a small, small Texas town, being called a faggot at age six 
by grown adults and you know the the resilience that took to kind of overcome that you know in a small town of 4000 people like you're my, like everyone knows everyone right and it was just you know i i'd spent 10 years just being gay bashed basically not physically but you know emotionally and and, and you know threatened of course but never like actual uh physical violence but i talked about that in my essay and i talked about how i never want another kid to feel that way and that i would do everything in my power as an as you know an attorney and as as someone in the legal profession to make sure that there are protections around you know all of those things and making sure that kids know and especially little gay boys in small town texas know that they could do great things with their life so or their lives so that's what i talked about and that's definitely you know something that's always on um, the forethought of when i'm thinking about like what my career looks like or what my pro bono work will look like um, because I'm also going to a very, very expensive law school. So I cannot work in public. Right. Defense. You can't graduate and go work for Greenpeace. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will be, I, I, I very much intend on, on being one of those guys working in a big law firm for a while so that I can cut my, you know, student loans, but then also make sure that I'm, uh, siphoning off some hours to really work on, on pro bono volunteer work that, that can make lasting change in people's lives. So that was my prompt and my That's essay. exciting. And it got me into this school. <laughs> so do you have um, the Elwood smoking jacket that you're going to wear on your first day? Mm-hmm. Do we need to find one and send one to you? I think we do. All right. Let's take a quick break and hear from this week's sponsor. This week's sponsor of the podcast is our favorite blue light blocking glasses, Blue Blocks. Blue Blocks was created because they were unhappy with the quality and lack of science behind leading blue light blocking glasses brands. The other companies were mass producing unevidenced backed products in China with no understanding about how light impacts health. At Blue Blocks, they created three specific lenses for daytime, nighttime, and for color therapy, exactly in line with what the peer-reviewed academic literature was suggesting. Their products are made under optics laboratory conditions in Australia and are shipped all over the world. They're the only company who offers blue light filtering lenses backed by the latest science. They have produced the most efficient and effective blue light filtering lenses on the market. Every member of their team is well-versed in the science, having researched light and health for years. All of their lenses are manufactured and fitted in Australia Optics Labs. This ensures a higher level of quality in each pair as opposed to mass-produced, cheaper options available. Their team constantly monitors the latest fashion trends and launches new lines of frames every 6 to 12 months. At Blue Blocks, their team makes sure you have the latest on-trend styles so you remain as cool as last season. They want to cater for everyone, so they offer a custom-made prescription service available. Whatever your prescription or reading magnification, they can make them into blue blocks. They're the only company that offers a send-in-your-own-frame service. Send them an old pair of frames or your favorite frames, and they'll turn them into blue blocks for you. They cater to everyone, including kids, and they have the largest selection of frames to choose from. You can support the podcast by supporting Blue Blocks by using discount code JOY. That's me. Discount code JOY at checkout. They also have a mission to give back. Blue Blocks is also the only blue light glasses company who has a charity partnership. They partner with Restoring Vision in their buy one, get one campaign. For each pair of Blue Blocks they sell, they donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who then give it to someone in need. Thank you so much for supporting Blue Blocks. Blue Blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. The discount code 
is joy. So lovely. <laughs> okay. I want to end with uh, micro changes because we're all like dealing with difficult times and like the little shifts that you're doing to make yourself just a smidge happier. We're all facing difficult news. We're, we're dealing with a pandemic. The world is kind of on fire. So for example, last week I talked about like buying flowers every week. So, so I have something nice. Like what are the things that you feel are important for you to do well? I find it really important for me and my brain and my like type A-ness to type anus. That's not appropriate. I wasn't going to say anything, but I did pick up on it. <laughs> See, because I'm type A, I totally heard type A-ness. And then I'm sure I was like, oh, and Because yeah. I have a four-year-old, I heard type anus. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Um, I am very uh, calendar-focused. So I, every week I put in like my workouts, I put in phone calls, I put in blocks, like do not block a phone call here with me because I'm doing my own thing. Like my calendar is very structured and I feel like mm -hmm. maintaining that while not in the office or in some sort of like work crazy environment is very important to me, maintaining a schedule. Even like, I don't have to wake up at 6.30, but I do because it's just like important to me, but also leaving spots for like pockets of spontaneity. So like yesterday, I or two nights ago on Saturday night, I stayed over at my friend Heidi's house. We just had like a little socially distant uh, girls night, watched a movie, ordered food. What did you watch? So uh, this terrible, scary movie called Relic. But Ooh, like the never new seen it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love Emily. Uh, oh, Blunt? No, she's from Newsroom. Uh, Emily Mortimer. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Love her. So she's in it. And it's just really creepy. I wouldn't say go waste $7 on Amazon on it. But if it comes okay. on like Netflix, watch it. So like she invited me over. I was like, cool, let's do that. And we woke up the next morning. I was like, hey, do you want to go to the beach? And she's like, yeah, let's go. So like I had this like moment, these moments of spontaneity, but knowing that my week was very like scheduled. So like in my brain, it's it. there's like some normalcy to it. So I think that was really important yeah. for me. Um, just to say like, all right, things are normal because I am making them normal. The one, the things that I can control, I'm controlling. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, really it, I think it's fair to like pretty flowers on the mantle, but like, you know, <laughs> no, but it's like, it's, it's something that you probably wouldn't really like hyper focus on, but because we are where we are right now. Yeah. Control what I'd... you can control. Right. is like the mantra Yeah, and don't, and try your hardest to not stress out about the things you can't control, which is really hard. <laughs> Isn't that like the the AA? Serenity? Right. Except the things, the, yeah, right. the serenity Except the things prayer. you cannot change. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, and I think. Let me tell you. Let me tell you one thing. The AA community has all the life lessons that we ever so could need. Oh, so good. Like they really do. I quote them all the time. I'm like this. If you are in AA, you know. <laughs> Just like you I know did, the quotes. I did the, I did you know the, the life lessons. Program. Like it's so mm -hmm. great. Because um, mm -hmm. I like come from a family of, of addicts. So the Al Anon program was great for me. I learned mm -hmm. all the things, I did all the stuff, and you, you do learn. Like, right. It's like yeah. so much structure. Yeah. Yeah. I love structure. That's what we all need. It's just a little more structure for our anuses. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh my God. Uh micro changes but it's hard so i've been listening to a lot more music lately that's something that i normally go to like podcasts and audiobooks and lately i've just been like i, I really want to listen to music i've been listening to i don't know all sorts of things that i've used to that i used to listen to a lot more um but recently my husband and i went on a hike and we were talking about like the best album that was ever made i'm like what do you think because i don't think there's a everyone you're gonna get a million different answers if you ask people and his was Abbey Road by the Beatles. Mm -hmm. He thinks that's the best album ever created. 
And mine was like, okay, either true blue. I feel like that's like a phone in answer, Abbey Road. Like no one's going to argue oh, with that. Well, well, you, if knowing Scott Parrish, he thinks the Beatles, everything, every piece of good music stems from the Beatles. That's what he right. thinks. Yeah, that's um, And he would probably then argue with me by saying that. He'd be like, that's not exactly what I mean by that, Joy. Um, because every time <laughs> I quote him, he's like, that's not what I mean by that. And, and then he's like, you can't just call it sad dude music because, you know, that's sexist and like, and, and Taylor Swift's recent album was was really sad. And I'm like, I know, but that's just a funny phrase that like is out there. It's okay. But yeah, it's really funny. He said he said Abbey Road and then mine was True Blue by Madonna, oh, which I totally was like, True Blue will. Um, but I also really feel strongly about Beyonce's Lemonade. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know really if you can top that. So I've been just listening to a lot of music lately because I feel like it's really good to kind of get lost into creative spaces and like, have you ever listened to the podcast Song Exploder? No. It's oh my god, it's so good. You should you should just he's the co-host to an of the podcast that I love. That's the only reason I started listening to it. Yeah, it's so good. It's basically the host talks to an artist. So for example, REM. How did you come up with the song "Try Not to Breathe"? And they go through like line by line every single thing that created that really amazing song. Yeah. And it's just a really beautiful That's podcast so cool. because they'll be like, okay, so here's where we started. And then they'll like play just like one string of music. And then they're like, here's where it kind of picked up from there. And here's where we struggled with it. Anyway, just to kind of, if you want to kind of get lost in like a creative mindset, that's really, that's just like where I'm at lately. That's like where I need to go. Or if you want to talk about cooking, he has another great podcast that he does with Samin Nostrat called Home Cooking, which I'm obsessed with. And I listen, I'm like, it's like the literally the only podcast I listen to and it brings me so much joy yes Has and he, he loves had, puns oh i love puns has he ever had rihanna on discussing work no i really want but that to would be a good one yeah behind that work yeah work, you, you work, know it's work, 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 like what is it work. what is the word what is what the word is the said? work god yeah. there's so many so I many songs that he could so many questions yeah there's <laughs> so many questions so many good songs and it just ends <laughs> no closure just no closure on that no closure it just keeps so, going. Okay, to to piggyback off that question, what's like one one thing that you're doing right now that just brings you joy that you're like if I you need a little just spark of happiness in your moment, what's something that you turn to? Oh man. Cash not credit. Uh, cash not credit. No, he annoyed he he uh, gets annoyed by me. Um, That's Will's dog. Yeah. Cash.not.credit. Follow him on Instagram. He's great. Um, <laughs> he's so cute. <laughs> he's so cute. So I recently have been putting snacks in my car, like snacks like, in did the Did you bring a car box. with you to Brooklyn? I did. So yesterday we were driving around and I was like, Heidi, there's cookies in the glove box. And it brought so much joy to it. I had yes. these like Ikea cookies. Surprise you know, those are snacks. Great. Yeah. They're just, I love a good surprise snack. Surprise snacks are yeah. a pillow of my marriage. I have yes. to tell you. Yeah. Surprise snacks. The best. Those, that, like- that brings me joy. I do that with my ski clothes. Like when I know that this is my last day skiing for the year, I like put like a pack of M&Ms in my jacket so that the next fall when I go to, I'm like, there's M&Ms in here. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Claire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. So wait, what What are your favorite snacks? Oh, everything. Um, I do love a good RX bar um, okay. as a health situation. But the snack that was in do the car yesterday. you love having to get it out of your, the back of your teeth the rest of the day? That. That's terrible. <laughs> I've noticed, though, if you drink a cup of hot coffee after, it, it kind of melts away. Just melts it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, or true. the mushroom stuff that y'all were pushing a couple months ago. So I, the snack that we had yesterday in the car 
was uh, the, these little sugar cookies that have raspberry jam in the middle of them with cream yes. from Ikea. Oh, yeah. They're like 99 mm-hmm. cents for a tube. The best things in the world. So yeah. good. But I'll so snack so on anything. Good. I love snacks. I love chips and salsa. Like I could live yeah. on chips and salsa every I day. I think all, all of us could. I think every <laughs> human could live off chips and salsa because you you never you never get full eating them. Right. So you can just you know, keep like, eating them. I finish three bags of chips. It's like 15. A bag of chips is a single serving. For me. For sure. 100%. I bought some like really, really fancy chips made with like Native American corn at the farmer's market and they were so expensive and I ate them on the drive home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can't buy Siete chips because I'm like I'm just wasting seven dollars. No, Siete chips. They it might just be it might as well just be an empty bag because that's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. 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 I want to piggyback on your music though. I have yeah, been yeah, yeah. listening to Kylie and ABBA back and forth. The, wow. Like the best. Throw them all on a playlist, hit shuffle, and you are in for a great day. Can you share that playlist with us? It's one of my like made for you playlists on Spotify. It's like playlist oh, six. Okay. It oh. has Cher covering ABBA, which is amazing. It has ABBA and it has Kylie. And I just love the whole thing. I think That's you can always... still you can still like save that playlist and rename yeah, it. Yeah, I think I can. I will yeah. save it and I'll listen to you because it is makes me so happy. And it would it played some like old to early two thousands club jam in the car today. And oh, I was like, like Colony, that... for example? Well no for, yeah. I can't believe she didn't know calling me last Thank week. You. I was like, what? Oh, uh, hello, you guys. I'm older and I'm like Steve Winwood uh, generation. So chill. This was the song like, what's it gonna look like with that chimney on her? What? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, oh, totally. God. It was amazing. And I was like, please that song. And it, it's got this like long 90 second intro. And you're like, is it? Oh my gosh. Is that song? <laughs> and then it starts. You're like, oh. So I was like driving across oh. the Brooklyn Bridge. Gemmin. Um, anyway, I tangential conversations sorry feedback do you have like the same like whenever you send someone a playlist it's kind of like sending you sending them like one of your diary entries if it's like something that you created do you have that feeling i have like a very personal feeling if i'm like if i send you this like you better listen and you better like take it seriously or else i'm gonna be mad order very Oh my gosh. You know what the funniest thing? Okay. So I have to tell a husband's story again really quick. So my husband makes playlists every year for his friends and he like takes, I mean, he probably takes a whole year putting these playlists together and then he shares them with his friends. And it's like, again, very, very important that they listen to it and like take it in. And so his best friend should know better. This is so funny. His best friend was like, yeah, I listened to your playlist. You know, I like went on a bike ride and I like hit shuffle and man, it was great. And Scott was like, you hit shuffle. <laughs> you have to listen to it in order. It was so it's cute. A journey. I was laughing. It's yeah. a journey. <sighs> anyway, okay. Well, what is one thing that you are looking forward to uh, being back in the city? Because, like, all of us little non New York City dwellers, because New York City is its own, you know, country as far as I'm concerned, mm. like, what are you looking forward to being back there? But at the same time, it can also kick your ass. So, yeah. what are you looking forward to? <laughs> A couple things. So, I love Christmas, it's my most favorite holiday ever. I will start listening to Christmas music. That's on October first, so and I was very sad to see that the Rockettes canceled their show this I year. Know. I've seen it's it so every sad. year for a decade, but I really love Christmas in the city. So I hope they put the tree up at Rockefeller. I hope like all these things happen. I just love walking around Kelly Clarkson Christmas album in my ears, walking down and just like enjoying my life like that. Kelly I'm looking Clarkson. forward to that. I'm also looking forward to joining a gym because I haven't. I will be joining. Um, BK Fit, formerly CrossFit Outbreak, and they're a great, amazing 
gym diverse instructors like like mostly people of color are their instructors and they have like queer managers like it's just a very diverse gym and i'm just super excited to support them um and they have what a gym like five blocks from my house so it's even better (laughs) so yeah and finding that community again because like my gym community in new york was what made my new york experience back in the day but i don't live anywhere near there and the gyms are all closed for the most part so i'm looking forward what's going on with brick it's still open. Well, not open, but like it's still functioning. The one at Grand Central, I hope they open soon. I know Governor Cuomo said like gyms are not even on the list of opening anytime soon. But I also feel like CrossFit gyms aren't actual gyms as what Governor Cuomo would say a gym is, you know. It's mm-hmm. not right, it's not, it's not a, a warehouse full of cardio equipment. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I hope they get around that. But yeah, it's still there. I'm, it's all my fam. They're all great. So hopefully when school, when we're back in school, because it's near, it's at least on the island, I would be able to go there as well. So Okay, so tell the listeners where they can go support Out Athletics. Um, so Instagram is the best, at out.athletics. Um, or if you go to imout.org is our website. It's got all the fun things that we've got going on there. Yeah, don't call us. I don't know the number. 708-something. Uh, <laughs> don't call us just go to instagram yeah instagram is the best place to find it yeah. well thank you will it was so good to see good your to see beautiful you. face and talk to you and catch yeah. up this yeah. was this was good comfort food for me i feel like i me just too. got a nice warm hug from from olaf yeah from olaf <laughs> the same that <laughs> he loves warm hugs he does Aww. love warm hugs you're so right <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of This is Joy and Claire. You can always find us on the socials. This is Joy and Claire on Instagram or Joy and Claire underscore. Keep sending us emails and voice memos. We love hearing from you. You can email us. This is Joy and Claire at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Love you guys. Bye. Like we do it, like we do it.